September 8th, 2016. Why is that date so familiar? I quietly sat in as a guest on a sports talk show. Fast forward to a year ago tonight, a new chapter began. As I introduced myself, Tom Scavetta, as the new host of that show. Over the past year, some of the show's voices and faces have changed. And sure, we celebrate my one-year anniversary as the host tonight. But more importantly, the tradition of our show. This is Review and Preview. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. One year ago tonight, I took over as the host, and this year has gone by very fast. Shout out to all my co-hosts here. Um, at this time, last year, my first show, it was Tommy the Mac McNamara and Greg Vavernick. Now, I'm joined by Chris Klimazewski, James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo. Chris, you might have actually been here. I was going to say. A week or two say, later. I, yeah, I, was, I felt like I was here for the first show. I mean. Yeah, you were on the show. Um, you were actually on the show before I took over as the host, but um, yeah, I'm I was not like, sure if you were there for my inaugural one. Maybe not the inaugural. I was definitely here the week yes. after, if anything. Chris is um, one of our longer tenured members here on the show. Guys, we have a lot in store for you tonight on mywcwp.org here on Review and Preview. If you want to call in with your questions, thoughts, comments on any of our sports banner, we're going to go off tonight. Uh, 516-299-2030. I repeat, 516-299-2030 is our call-in number. Follow us on Instagram at Review and Preview and follow us on Twitter at Review and Preview. We're also podcasting. Um, So, Mo. Mo has been a very common theme in sports. Now, I'm not talking about Mo Bamba, that every college student goes wild to when the music starts playing. I'm talking about Mo, as in the real Mo, Mariano Rivera inducted unanimously the first time ever that's happened 100% of the vote into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Kyle Russo, the lone Yankee fan sitting here in this room, um... He was not alone. He was obviously joined by Mike Messina, a fellow New York Yankee. Um, what are your thoughts on Mo achieving such a tremendous and well-earned honor? Oh, it's absolutely incredible. And for him to be the first ever player to have 100% of the votes in. And when you've seen some of the greats that have gotten inducted into the past, you know, you look at Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken Jr., Ted Williams didn't even get 100% of the votes when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And for Mo to be the first one is absolutely incredible. And I'm really proud to call myself a Yankee fan as he represents us as he's the only player as of now that has 100% of the votes to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera's stats, 652 career saves, a 2.21 earned run average, over 1,100, nearly 1,200 career strikeouts. He played from the Yankees from 1995 to 2013, a 13-time All-Star, five-time World Series champion, he was the MVP of the World Series back in 1999, and he was the ALCS MVP back in 2003. Uh, and he was also the saves leader three times, and his number 42 was retired. Excellent career. Excellent. What makes it even more impressive is that he didn't get his first save as a reliever until he was 26 years old, which makes it extremely impressive yeah. 
to amount that amount of saves over the course of time. Here's my thing with it. Give Mariano all the credit in the world. 100% deserved it. He deserved it without a doubt. My problem is there should have been players before him who got the 100%. Yeah. Look, I don't give any I give all the credit in the world to yeah. Mariano. He deserves it 100%. Yeah, best closer of all time. He was um he was the one he literally revolutionized the position. But I just think that, you know, when you have guys like Griffey, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken guys who came yeah. before Mariano who deserved it better, that's my only problem with him getting the 100%. Not deserved it more, but deserved it as well. Yes. And then just didn't receive it. Yes, um, that's why. I have two things on this. One, he is the best closer to ever live. So for that, for a best at a position to get 100%, I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. And the 100% has been long overdue. Yeah. The second yeah. thing is a crazy stat about Mariano Rivera. Yeah. People who have walked on the moon, 12 people have walked on the moon. People have scored on Mariano in the playoffs, earned run-wise, 11. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. That, that's 11 earned runs in the playoffs. There's more people have been walking on the moon than touched home plate <laughs> versus Mo in the playoffs. It's crazy. That um, is a crazy stat. Joining him in the class of 2019, um, the late Roy Halladay, um, rest his soul, Edgar Martinez receiving 85, over 85% of the vote, the exact same amount that Roy, ha- Roy Halladay got, and, of course, Mike Messina. Do we agree... As Kyle Earhart, who's not here tonight, wrote on the script, do we agree that these four are the most suitable out of the nominees for this year's MLB Hall of Fame? Uh, Michael. Not in my mind, because I value the best player on this card was Barry Bonds. And he didn't come close. Ew. Look, no, that's a, that's a that. whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation for you. Guys spent thirty minutes going over the analytics before we went live. Well, Mike's a stats guy. That's why he's going oh, for very give, give me all the stats. Six hundred on this but he cheated, Mike. Okay, we'll define cheated. Took drugs that made him perform and have that six hundred. My last question on this segment, as much as I'd love to go over Barry Bonds and that whole steroid case, is, is a um, topic for another day. Does anybody disagree? That no. Mo should not have received 100%. No, absolutely deserved it. Look, he, he deserved it, but like I said. Not the it, first one. But, yeah, like if you are not, if you weren't giving it to Ken Griffey Jr., if you weren't giving it to Cal Ripken, you weren't giving it to Ted Williams, then you shouldn't have given it to him either. That's that's my only thing. But, well, again, congratulations to Mariano, 100%. Uh, no, nothing against yeah, him. Yeah, the, the 100% was long overdue, though. So yeah. I'm just glad they got it out of the way. Maybe more guys could get is, it Is yeah. Is Musina go, going in as an Oriole or a Yankee? He's wearing no logo on the hat. I saw on Twitter before. Okay. So because I think, I think he did. Weird. I think he did what like nine with the Orioles and so, eight with the Yankees. Guys, it was a so and so week for New York. The reason why I say that there's some good, but there is also some bad. Um, obviously, with New England going to the Super Bowl. But before we get to them, let's review the NFC Championship game. The New Orleans Saints lose to the Rams in overtime. The final was what was it twenty six twenty three. I believe. I believe so. Yeah. And yes. Because. Yeah, because the game went to overtime. It was the first time both NFC and AFC championship game went to overtime in the same year. Yep. Um, we'll go over the controversial flag call in just a moment, but um, Breeze had it a, a good game. Not great, but a good game. Kamara and Ingram were shut down. This is what allowed the Rams to get back into this game. 
Um, they combined only for 46 yards on the ground. That is absolutely atrocious. Not good. For a one-two punch. Um, Jared Goff in this game. Mediocre stats. But Jared Goff is going to the Super Bowl. The guy threw for over 4,500 yards this season. The Rams were, at worst, a top three, four team in the, in the league this year. Yeah. The Rams probably played in one of the best games played ever in football this season against the Chiefs back in week eight. But let's talk. We talked about the Saints' run, running game and how it struggled. Uh, Mike, let's talk about the Rams' running game and how. It struggled to find its own, but it excelled if we're talking about uh, C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I mean, when they needed the certain amount of yardage, they got it. Like, they didn't have really, I would say, an explosive day. But, I mean, they got the job done. That girly Anderson punches is really good. It's good. It's like thunder and lightning. Now, did the Rams, if the Rams lose this game, do you blame it on McVay sidelining Gurley? Or do you think that Gurley was so ineffective that it wouldn't have mattered? They made the right move in playing CJ. Yeah, I think, you know, when you get to that spot, you just got to play whoever's hot. So I didn't really – there's a reason Gurley was on the bench. And Anderson wasn't really – I'm sure if Anderson was doing bad, like really bad, they'll switch. And the thing was Gurley didn't care that oh, much. of course not. No, he didn't. Which is a great, he just wanted great to win. teammate. You yeah. saw him after they won the game. He was absolutely crying. He it was just, emotional. It just, just wasn't Gurley's day. No, that's yeah, it. No, I mean, he's had happened. he's had a bad couple of games lately, but I mean, yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah, he was injured at one point in the season. They shut him down for the last two games of the season. Yeah, he hasn't played in about a month. Um, yeah, before no. the playoffs, obviously. Um, it's a shame, though, um, with the way this game ended. I'm probably going to be in the minority on this viewpoint and say that the bad penalty call did not ultimately decide the game. I mean, it did though. Yeah. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Yeah, it like, did, but it didn't. I because hate he blaming the refs, guys. Because he threw the interception yeah, in overtime. Also, that but the game doesn't go into overtime if you make yeah, the no, easiest yeah, call I, yeah, ever. No, that's why I saw. That's there, why Tom's saying there it did, was, it did it. What, what about the flag that should have been called on Taysom Hill? How about the helmet to helmet hit by AJ Klein? Earlier on in the game, yeah, but you the, guys are missing. You can't even compare those. But at that point, you this can't. Is last compare. Play of the There's game nothing egregious. as monumental as that. I agree with you there, of course. but I disagree with both of you. Happily, um, that this ultimately know. that the refs ultimately decided this game. If you think about it, look, Nikel Roby Coleman was actually fine. That's what I'm saying for this hit. Yeah, he was fine for this hit. Good. I completely agree. The flag should have been called. But the Rams deserved to win this game. The Ra- they were good. The Rams did because after that they they showed out. And like the argument against it is, yeah, the Saints had plenty of opportunities, like you know, selling for field goals and all that stuff. But if we're going by technical definition, the refs did decide the game because if they just call that, they could run out the clock and kick it. Obviously, Look, we never know what could happen. Don't get me wrong. As a player, all you could hope for is a good game, good call game, and you got to do your job on the field. Yep. And the Saints. And Rams, they both underperformed. Jared Goff finished off with an 83 QBR rating. Todd Gurley, we know he was injured, but had 10 yards on four rushes. Drew Brees had a pretty bad game. He had a mediocre game for Drew Brees at home. And Sean Payton had a bad play calling day. Oh, at the end of the day, really bad. That, that call changed the momentum of the game. They get that first down, which it would have been. Of course. And they probably would have scored a touchdown on that drive, too. Jay, uh, Kyle, before I get to James's point, Roby Coleman was fined 26739 
for that hit. Exactly. That is about half your college tuition. Listen, man, it's nothing to him. It's pennies for him. But at the end of the day, the point is, that's how bad of a play this was. Not only, and this is what people forget, they remember that it's a pass interference, but this was also a helmet-to-helmet hit. That's, def- why, he got, that's why he got fined. And a def- a defenseless receiver. That's why he got fined the 27000 You got something for, to say? Yeah, I didn't see much of this game because I was working, unfortunately, which uh, kind of stunk because I was hearing everybody talk about it. But um, don't you think it plays some mind games? With the with the players, that's Cat, what I'm saying. Cat, Cat, like you, even Cat though the mouse. flag wasn't thrown, I still think it played mind games. That's what I'm saying. It, you after a play like that, because that's a guaranteed call any day of the week. Yes, it takes the life out of you and your team. Then because that would have been that's their trip to the Super Bowl. I right don't there. disagree. But with then on as that a call. head coach, do you then call a time? I don't know if they had any timeouts left. But would you then call a timeout, regroup your team, and be like, "Listen, we got to go back out there." Of course, you do that, and I'm pretty sure he did call a timeout after. Actually, no, he didn't call a timeout because the Rams would have gotten the ball back. There's no reason to give them extra time to communicate with each other. But at the end of the day. There's, I mean, if I'm playing on that team, that absolutely sucks the life out of you. There's no way. Even even going into overtime, it's practically a whole game, whole new game. That absolutely su- – and they got the ball back first, too. The receiver that was, sucks the life out of you. The receiver you. was Lewis, right? Number Tommy 11. Lee Lewis, yeah. yeah. Um, which... On a blown call of that magnitude and that – I mean, especially – this is a Saints team but that's coming on. off the Minnesota Miracle, and for this to happen to them again? What's the – what surprises me most about this was that Roby Coleman was getting nailed all game. He he was getting flags all game, and this is the one play they didn't throw a flag on. Exactly. Well, you saw. Did you see after it came out that that ref used to play for the Rams back in the day? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That, I mean, this was Bill Vinovich's crew, and now no, it was not his crew, but it it was for the which segues into my next segment. Is the NFL wrong? Should Roger Goodell? intervene on this because the NFL, honestly, in my opinion, needs to stop combining refs for the playoffs, taking the best refs from each crew and just stick with one crew. But, one crew. Yeah, but it's not like the NFL is the only sport that does that. Every every sport does that. The NHL, hockey, baseball does it too. They take the best ref, they take the best refs and umps throughout the year and they put them together. But in reality, that's what you should do. You should you'd want you, yeah, you should, should want the best. Yeah, you should want the best refs. I mean, look, this guy blew the call. Yeah. It stinks, but there's nothing. Honestly, there's nothing Roger Goodell can do. It's the refs. Of course. First of all, honestly, this dude should get fired. I yeah. think personally, this dude's yeah. got to get fired. Who, you, Bill or the referee that made the the, the ref? The, 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 the ref that missed the call. It's got to get fired. Well, there was two refs that missed the call. Yeah. The, the, they, then refs. they both got to go. The side the side judge is the one that's really at fault here. Yeah, because he was staring right at it. You see a picture. He was, and he right looks Sean Payton in the eye. He's like, yeah, he's staring at him like, and he's nodding his head in yeah. agreement. Like, yeah, I didn't call the flag. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but to answer your question, I think Roger Goodell should intervene because as as the commissioner, who's you're not wrong, hated throughout the league. Uh, I've never heard somebody actually say that they like Roger Goodell as a as a player. But what's Roger Goodell going to do? Fun he has fact, to come out Roger Goodell is not a player. No, as yeah, a player, tough. I'm saying. Oh, as a player's perspective. As a play, as a, in a player's perspective, when have you ever heard any positive uh, comments out of a player's mouth about Roger Goodell? Never. But That's what I'm saying. But what is he going to do, though? He's he, got to say. He's got to come out and say, listen. Because he's the guy who has control over all this. Yeah, but he... Wait. He has to say, listen, the ref made a mistake, and we need to further address this in the offseason so and see if we can make any changes to the rules. We've we've kind of beaten up that point about the call. Let's go to another point about the call. Um, how bad was this call? Does it rank up with the tuck rule? 
back in 2001. Because honestly, this compares to the tuck rule, and eventually you're going to get over it, and guys are going to stop um, making those types of plays uh, on both ends. You know, Breeze knows that late in the game he needs – again, there's not much Breeze can do about that either, though. He's not at fault. But how, how does this flag rank? See, this I, ranks – I think it's up there. I think it's. I think oh, it's yeah. number one. I think it's up there too. I think, I think, I think it's like three no. penalties on two. that one play. Two. It's the center team to the Super Bowl. This is like yeah. So that's my argument. I'll put it up there with um, the tuck the, rule. No, I wouldn't even put it up with the tuck rule because at least the tuck rule changed the game of football. This isn't going to change the game of football. This yeah. isn't. You can't if, they, if they do something about it, it the tuck rule changed the game of football. The t- yeah, the tuck rule yeah, did sure. this. I don't. It, it might change the innovation of football, like looking at penalties a different way through like. Uh, Replays and whatnot. I'll put this up there with the with the replacement refs botching the Seattle Packers game. Yeah, I'll put it up there with that call. Yeah, but you know, regular season game. Oh, yeah, I know, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. but this, what about the Desno catch? Crazy. So that's up there too. Well, that was a good call at the time, but it was a really bad rule. Now, should the NFL have an eye in the sky, like a ref that analyzes calls and non calls? Because currently, you can't review. A penalty flag. I think it would be ridiculous to have that, but should there be a designated official that goes over these types of plays? I think that the rule that you can't uh, review a play within the last two minutes of the game should be completely eliminated just because of this purpose. I mean, there's going to be penalties that happen within those that time period, and the fact that they wouldn't have been able to review it anyway because of that rule is ridiculous. You can't review a penalty anyway. So right. it wouldn't it wouldn't matter even if you did have that rule or not. But if they were to change the rule and be able to challenge, like let's say, let's say they have a rule next year where you're allowed to challenge calls that weren't called that possibly pass interference, right? Now does that rule get deducted because it's within the last two minutes of the game? Yeah, but see, then you're changing the whole game of football because but what, uh, what, what 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 other sport does that in in a? But the question is, what looks rule, at everything. What rule could you possibly instate to the change last two something minutes like this that of a college basketball happen? game or very That's the long? Thing. Yes. when they say they. Tom, Tom just mentioned it. You, they, in the last like two minutes of a college basketball game or even a regular NBA basketball game, they will review every little thing. And it sucks. Three but, foul, three foul, three turnover, three turnover. But, but they, they have to do it, though. I understand that they have to do it, but it's literally awful because the last two minutes of a basketball game will take 40 minutes. But would you rather have the right, <laughs> would you rather have the right result? Or would you rather the game be extended a little longer? I'd rather have the right result. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I it's mean, you, you, that play literally is a ticket to the Super Bowl. I, no, I agree with you 100%. But, I mean, you're going to keep changing the rules in this game? Everyone everyone already thinks the NFL's watered down. You play to win the game. Right, Kyle Russo? Exactly. Now, moving on. <laughs> the call, it happened. Will Lutz kicks the Saints to the Super Bowl. Excellent work. You mean uh, Greg Zerline kicks yes, the Super Bowl? Yes, Greg, Greg Zerline kicks the Rams, Rams into the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yikes. <laughs> this is a review and preview, folks. Um, but, yeah, Will Lutz and Thomas Morstead have been staples for uh, the Saints special teams. Morstead since their first Super Bowl when they upset Peyton Manning and the Colts. Now, um, the last time this NFC Championship game, the Rams were not used to this stage. Two years ago, the Rams were awful. Jared Goff won 0-7 as a starting quarterback. And he promised everybody, I'm going to fix this. And he did. And the fact of the matter is, you can make the argument, oh, Dak's better than Goff. All these quarterbacks are better than Goff. Dak is sitting at home 
Jared Goff is playing next weekend. What do you think about that? Dak is still better than Goff, and it's, it's proven what I just said. In this game, if the Rams would have lost, if the Rams would have lost, it would have been blamed on Jared Goff because look at his QBR rating. It would have been blamed on him because they wouldn't have blamed Todd Gurley because they knew Todd Gurley was hurt. And C.J. Anderson, they would have said, oh, we only picked him up three, four weeks ago. Who else are you blaming? If your game, look. You're blaming Jared Goff because of his poor performance because he is a product of McVay. You always blame the QB. He's a product of McVay. And the only reason why we're not here today blaming Drew Brees for the loss in his underperformance is because of such a blatant, obvious call that wasn't called. I could not disagree with you more. If your whole game, your all right, guys, if your entire game, yep. in the words of my older brother, if your whole game comes down to one blown call, yep. you didn't deserve to win anyway. You did not deserve to win anyway. Dominate the competition so that a blown call does not matter. But none of these teams dominated they both performed actually pretty bad on both sides but we're saying it could have went either way either team could have won either team could have lost the saints quite frankly you only your two top backs but we're not combined for 46 rushing yards we're not talking about the game in the afc weren't you the one that said the rams have the 24th ranked run defense they didn't they stopped camara and ingram didn't they? But the Saints also, after losing Sheldon Rankins, they stopped Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. At the end of the day, I, I just said, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, bad, bad oh. on both parts. Tom's whipping out the notes. Kyle oh. Russo, we, <laughs> right could, we, we could argue about sports for over an eternity. We can. Probably to the point where each of us would live like 11 lifespans. It's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. James, you picked the Rams to win. Yes, I did. At the beginning of the season, but not last week. That's correct. Oh, you got this. Yeah, I did get this. Kyle Russo, you Psych. picked the Rams to win last week. 28-24. Congratulations. I, I, it was a win I didn't want. I'm sorry. It yes, was that was you. a win I did you. not want. It was a win that you did not want, but it happened. Um, and that reminds me... Um, other stuff to talk about. Yeah, um, the Marcus Peters beef with Sean Payton. Now, guys, when this kick goes through, you watch the Rams running onto the field. Kudos to Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Such a young quarterback uh, head coach duo. But, um, look, Breeze and Payton lose their first playoff game in the Superdome, finally. But what are your thoughts on Marcus Peters' beef with Sean Payton after this game? It's disgusting. You won the game. You get the point is proven. Enjoy your trip to the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's no, there's Agreed. no reason for extra commentary. Um, but the Saints talking trash about your team, no. Final fact on this segment: the last two quarterbacks to win the NFC Championship game played under Jeff Fisher. Both had subpar 500 records under Jeff Fisher. Does playing under Jeff Fisher lead you to a Super Bowl? I mean, I think leading. I think playing under Sean I mean, McVay and Doug Peterson leads you to a Super Bowl. Stat, stats never lie. Um, it's true. Foles was four and seven under Jeff Fisher. Goff was zero and four. So you know, just for the matter of that fact, that that goes from terrible work to excellent work. Um, but yeah, Kyle Russo, congratulations! You got the game correct. 
So happy. Um, on that note, let's get to the other game, the AFC Championship game. Guys, New England returns to where they belong, the Super Bowl. Whoop-de-doo. I see a very solemn uh, reaction here in the studio because I was actually rooting for New England to win this game. Me too. So was I. Because we want them to lose in the Super Bowl, correct? No. No. Well, now that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, a plus. Yeah, that would be nice. But, but you know what? I looked at it as the eight Super Bowls Tom Brady's been to. Oh, wow, eight Super Bowls. Um, <laughs> nine now. Yeah. Nine now. The eight, he, the eight he's played in, they were all decided by one score. Correct. So, at least, you know, I knew if Tom Brady's going to be in the Super Bowl, I know I'm going to get a good game. No, that's, I mean, no, I mean, I'm not discrediting Pat Mahomes versus Goff in, in the Super Bowl, but at least with Tom Brady, I know it's going to be good. I was kind of hoping for a Breeze-Brady Super Bowl. I didn't, nice. I didn't get that. That's what but, the league wanted. But, yeah, I'm kind of hope now I'm, now that I got Brady in the Super Bowl, I hope the Rams crush him. That was against phenomenal quarterbacks. Guys, though. you got to give the Chiefs credit. They went from yep. being shut out at halftime to outscoring New England 31-17 to in the second half. 24 of those points came in the fourth quarter. Pat Mahomes and these Chiefs really ran the table. Uh, Brady actually did not have a fantastic game. Yeah, he had 350 passing yards, but he also had two picks. Um, one was my, tipped. Yeah, was one tipped. was tipped, um, and then I think the other was dropped or something. I don't remember exactly like what that. happened. Um, but the real story of this game was Sony Michelle, Julian Edelman, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead scored the last two touchdowns of this game. Rex. Again, an average NFL player at best. It just shows. It, it just shows does. what New England does to you. Guys, we could be five practice squad players on the New England Patriots. Sign me up. Get promoted to the 53-man roster and walk away with a Super Bowl ring and never see an NFL field again. I'll take it. Where, where, where's the dotted line? Exactly. <laughs> where's exactly. the line? I'll sign anyway, I'll sign right this up. game also goes in overtime. Final score, 37-31 to 31 in OT. A lot of fans were complaining that the Chiefs did not get a chance to possess the football, but if you had a better defense, you might have. You might defense have. wins championships. championships. It's that simple. Win the game. That's it. Okay? I'm tired of everyone saying, oh, Pat- Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance. No. Win the game, and you don't have to be in overtime. Okay? Play defense, and you- that doesn't happen to you. Correct. Tom Brady tore you up in overtime. There's no need to change the rule. Be like, oh, everyone gets a fair chance. No. You lose. That's how. That's what happened. Okay? You lost because you couldn't play defense, and you couldn't win in, the regular, in, in regular time. And you couldn't score in the first half. Yes. That, too. So, no, you don't get another chance. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, Andy Reid. You don't get another chance. And Chris Hogan, who stunk all year, gets five catches in this game. James White, again, all over the place. Gronkowski. Gronkowski got a piece of the pie. Clutch. Um, you know, I was texting Dawes during this game. It's like, yo, of this, course. this was a bold strategy, just leaving Julian Edelman wide open. Yeah, every play. <laughs> yeah, every play he was catching the ball. Yeah. It's crazy. Brady... Uh, had a better first half than second. Sony Michelle on the ground was fantastic. In two playoff games, the guy has five touchdowns. Nice. He he's wow. pretty sick. He's yep. pretty sick. And this give credit to this New England offensive line. From left to right, Brown, Thuney. They got Trent Andrews, Brown for like a sixth round, seventh Cannon, round. Cannon. Fleming. Wow. Shaq Mason, sorry. 
They've been together a long time. Um, look, this leads me to go ask this. You look at the Chiefs. Mahomes was great in the second half. You know, Watkins had numbers. Travis Kelsey had a touchdown with just three catches. Damian Williams was your second leading receiver. Damian Williams had three touchdowns in this game, two through the air, one through the ground. But he just rushed 10 times for 30 yards. How bad did the Chiefs miss Kareem Hunt in this game? 100%. If they have Kareem Hunt in this game, they they possess the ball longer. They possess the ball for, I believe, 21 minutes, and they still forced overtime. The game, I hate to say this, I understand the game went to overtime, but if you know how New England operates, New England shortens the game. First drive lasted nine minutes, ten minutes, nine, ten minutes. Yeah. New England shortens the game. That's what you want. Take the ball, have Pat Mahomes freeze his 23-year-old, you know, body on the bench. And it showed. Mahomes was nervous early on in this game. He did not play well. No. He did not play like the MVP you saw all season. But to be fair, you kind of expected it. You kind of expected it because it was the biggest stage against the greatest quarterback ever. Um, He did not look like a 41-year-old quarterback, Tom Brady, in this game. No. Fast forwarding to overtime, though. Or, I'm sorry, not overtime. We are talking about a coin toss, though. Should Andy Reid have taken the ball first in this game? Oh, 100%. Because the Chiefs did win the coin toss, no? 100%. I don't know Bad why. Move. You, I mean, why would you decide look at the to tape, give the ball because to Tom Because you saw what New England did to the Chargers last year. Why would you ever want to put the ball in Tom Brady's hands more than you have to? That, that's like uh, coaching like 101 in the NFL against Belichick yeah. and Brady. Like, why, you, why would you want to give them the ball You win the coin, coin toss, you take it. That's almost conceding the first half and saying, oh, we're probably going to be behind. Let's make sure we get the ball to start the second half. That's basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think deferring is always the better option, like 10 times out of 10. Yeah, so, Tom Brady. so, I mean, look. If you're New England, though. I mean, especially I, just yeah. like you said, Tom, what they did to Baltimore, uh, what they did to the Chargers, why would you ever want to give the ball to them first? Look, I, said, I think I said it on the show last week, or I told someone about it. What Brady and Belichick were going to do, they were going to take out the Chiefs' strongest part of their game. And that was and that was their offense with surrounding Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill did not have a good game at all. And Tom, like you said, I think what you said, Damian Williams was the leading receiver, and he's the running back. So you can't you can't you can't let that happen. I mean, and that's what Belichick did the best. He took away their offense in that in that first half, and that's what ultimately led to their their downfall throughout the game. They didn't score in that first half. The second half, they came out. They came out strong and looked good. Twenty four points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, too much. Unacceptable, but no, that's by New, the Chiefs. No, I, yeah. let me finish. Yeah, it's unacceptable, but New England did find a way to win. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say the first time. Kyle, you're trying. Kyle to, Russo. Kyle, you're trying to get fired here. Look, you just killed um, Tom and yes. um, <laughs> Before the show, it's just not looking good for me. <laughs> but the real game was on the field. But there was also a game in the broadcasting booth that was won by Tony Romo. He is great up there. I knew this before this game. I mean, I've known this for a year. He he's probably the best color commentator in all of football right now. Because he's he was a quarterback, so he knows every play. He can read defenses. You know, I was talking to a Cowboys fan, and he said he won't be surprised if Tony Romo is the next head head coach of the Cowboys after Garrett. That would be the smartest thing ever. Yeah, Romo. that would be so smart. And if he's, he's not going to be a head, head coach, coach, make him the QB coach. Well, they need one after they just fired Kellen Moore. <laughs> That's what I'm and saying. they fire their offensive coordinator Scott Linehan. Yeah, they, yeah. I think they're just. I think they're just trying to make uh, Tony Romo come back. <laughs> they should give him hey. whatever he wants. If he could read a defense like that, 
Look, he gets he, his first Super Bowl though. And even that last play of the game when Burkhead scored, you know, Kansas City may be expecting a play action pass here because you know uh, it, it's just monumental on how you can't guess what New England's doing. You know, you put eight guys in the box that opens up a run to the outside. The safety comes down. You'll have one on one on the outside with Gronkowski. That one big catch that he made. Look, um, this was an excellent game. I think this was, in my opinion, this was slightly better than the first game. The, as good as the first game was. Yeah, um, this was definitely better. Now, also, yes, the first drive of this game was a typical New England drive, but the more they got into the game, Kansas City looked a little bit more comfortable defensively. Um Yes, Burkhead scores the last two touchdowns, but let's evaluate Mahomes and his performance in this game. As technically, you know, a redshirted rookie, what does this say um, about Pat Mahomes moving forward? You know, could he play on this stage long term? Will the Chiefs be this good in the long term? Because if you ask me, they very well can. Yeah. They They very well can, even without Kareem Hunt. The reason why the Chiefs are in this game Pat Mahomes was incredible this season. He was incredible yeah. to what he can do, yeah. to a magnitude of what he did at such a young age, yeah. to the point where Tom Brady went to the locker room to look for him after the game and congratulate him. That was respect. Yeah, you 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 may hate Tom Brady, but you need to at the very least acknowledge and appreciate what he does for the NFL and what he does for this league. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was I'm watching the game with my dad, and I'm like. We really got the pleasure of watching four of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you know, with Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Yeah. So you really got to take it into it. I mean, I mean like, look, me and Dawes, both Jet fans, hate Tom Brady every year, single, every single year, torturing our lives. Me and Do- he's tortured us for 23 years, Tom Brady. But we got to respect the man and what he does. Yeah. Uh, he just does his job. And to still want to play this game at 41 years old, he may win the Super Bowl this year, and that may still not be enough for him, nope. which is insane. It's insane. Um, Andy Reid, though, playoff curse continues, still winless against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick now has 30 career playoff wins. That's more than some a good amount of franchises in the NFL. Um, and then after this game, you know, you saw how porous the Chiefs' defense was the Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton. You guys know who Bob Sutton is pretty well. Worst defense coordinator in the league. You know who replaced Bob Bob Sutton? James? Spags. Steve Spagnuolo is back as a defensive coordinator in the National Football League. I don't know how that's like. I mean, I get that's an upgrade over Bob Sutton, but that's not really an upgrade either. Spagnuolo was not... Do you not know that Steve Spagnuolo devised the game plan to the reason why the Giants upset New England, one of the greatest Super Bowls ever? He also came back in 2015-2014 and led one of the worst defenses of all time. He had nothing. He had nothing to work with. At least with his team, yeah, he has a little bit of something something here with Eric Berry and uh, Justin Houston. D. Ford. I don't think he's going back. Chris Jones. But you know what? I like the rumor before they signed Spags. To, uh, that Rex Ryan was possible. That would have been interesting. That would have been real interesting. I would have liked that a lot. I have something to say about this game. 
and he may be one of the most underrated players in the NFL, but the impact that Chief Safety Daniel Sorensen had on this game. Yep. Number 49. Oh, yeah. This guy was all over the field. after tackle in the backfield, making plays. Daniel Sorensen was, you know, the unsung hero of that defense because there was not a lot of good defense being played by the Chiefs, especially early on. But Sorensen made some great tackles. Didn't he stop them from getting on the fourth down conversion? Yes, he no. made he made that big he stop, made stop on the fourth down. Momentum swing. Um, now, look, we're going to review the picks that we made in this game. Tom, can I bring up one quick point sure. before you do that? Um, now, I'm sure you guys saw that roughing the passer call. Yeah. I mean, that that's a play you can challenge. Realistically, if you want to challenge flags, that would be a good one to challenge and be like, he barely touched them. Well, if, that's not. Well, that that would be something that would have to be discussed, obviously, yeah, in the future, because yeah. that's not a rule as of now. No, but no, I know so that, that, but that could be a, an example of be oh, like, yeah, of course, of you course. know, yeah, because that was blatantly, the, it, he, it was it was ridiculous. He barely touched the guy. Yeah, yeah, and they got 15 yards because of it. Yeah. James, but, you went over two this week. The only person to go over two. You know, listen, man. He picked the Rams and the Pats in the Super Bowl. Now, yeah, that, uh, that's what counts. Yeah, for sure. Um, Thirty-seven, thirty-one was the final score. And the closest person to that was Kyle Russo. He picked thirty-five, thirty-one, New England. Everyone else did pick New England, though. Um, man, really wanted a Breeze Brady Super Bowl. And then, oh, that's too. the that's that's the saddest thing about this whole thing because that play call. We might never get to see it, and Drew Brees might not even ever reach the Super Bowl again. You know, and people were saying, you know, it's fixed. There's all this stuff. This is going. not the fixed result the NFL would want to. Exactly. Yeah. This is not. Definitely would have wanted to. Because no if, if, if they, they really wanted to, they would have set up a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl because it was the highest-rated game this whole season. Yeah. But, you, but I mean, you can't mean to tell me that a, that a Brady-Bree Super Bowl would have been way better. Oh, that would have been one of the highest-rated Super Bowls in a long time. Exactly. So, I mean, even if it is, quote-unquote, fixed, fixed for our Facebook users, um, that that's what it would have been. It would it would have been a Breeze-Brady Super Bowl, so. Yeah. Um, again, tough. I was asking a guy at work, who do you think is going to win the games this weekend? The men or the kids? He went with the kids. He was half right. The kids isn't coughing the yeah, yeah. yeah, almost. It it should have been the men. It should have been Brady and Breeze. Yep. But the kids, they gave him some competition. They sure did. Um, you see the quarterbacks of now. You see the quarterbacks of the future. Um, Something to definitely look forward to. Yep. New England returns to the gridiron to the Super Bowl. But before we make our Super Bowl preview, and we'll also touch upon the Pro Bowl, we will step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more of that coverage for you. Facebook, stay tuned. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. This is... Review and preview on my WCWP.org. All right, guys, 40 minutes down, an hour 20 to go. Let's preview that Super Bowl, guys. But first, let's preview the Pro Bowl. 
Ew. Why the Pro Bowl? Who watches it? Not me. Not I? I watched the skills competition. That's it. It was fun. That already happened. Um, yeah. Um, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas back out of the Pro Bowl. Um, Saquon Barkley will play in the Pro Bowl. Jet safety Jamal Adams will play. Oh, speaking of Jamal Adams, oh, hear him uh, tackling the New England mascot that was? It's funny, and it was kind of, you know, messed up at the same time because the mascot end, did end up going to the hospital, I heard. Yikes. So, Ooh, I saw that wasn't true. Yeah. Oh, really? Ooh, internet you know, fake news there. out here? I saw that was fake news. Where's, where'd you see that? The internet. Where on the internet? Dude, I don't know, man. Uh, Jamal Adams retweeted an article that said that didn't happen. Oh, okay. Oh, for sure. Okay, if he tweeted it, then. That yeah. was still kind of messed up, though. Ah, it's fu- it's funny. It was funny if he like just pushed him down. Like he full on. Like if you watch the video, he, he did jump. He sweeped him off his feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. I mean, good sound tackling. You need that in safety, yeah. you know. <laughs> so the Pro Bowl will be taking place at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida, on ESPN and ABC Sunday at three o'clock p.m. Smack dab in the middle of the day. I think people are looking for a break this week. Um, look. Tom Brady isn't here for the NFL's paltry Pro Bowl. I will say that. Um, look, it's not a good game. You gotta add a game, I think, on this weekend, or maybe the week after the Super Bowl, or in that middle week, have the two worst teams play. No, Winner gets the number one pick. You know what I think? Talk about. I was going to say that I think there should be like a stipulation in the game, like they do in baseball. I mean, Grant, I don't like the new baseball. Well, I mean, now how baseball used to be, where it's like whoever wins gets home, home field. field advantage. I think that's a cool stipulation to have. I think that's something that something to play for. I yeah, I'm mad that MLB just uh, isn't doing that anymore. But yeah, I think it's something that the NFL should adopt because they gotta make this interesting. It's <laughs> boring. It gets boring at times watching. Yeah, the you know, fact, the, the fact that you had to add dodgeball as a, as a thing last year was it's embarrassing <laughs> to, just to get ratings. Did you see Saquon? Against the whole AFC team? Yeah. Didn't Saquon almost beat them? Yep. Yeah. Jamal versus the whole NFC team. Yeah. That was, it was funny. It was really good stuff. I like the, uh, they were doing the uh, dunk tank, and it literally, it was just, you literally saw every player on both sides just throwing balls at the tank. Yeah. No one could hit it. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, obviously, there's a lot of good players in the NFL that made this Pro Bowl. Um, you know, Dallas, a team that went far this year. But there's some turmoil going on in Dallas. You fired your offensive coordinator. Cole Beasley is very displeased with his team right now. Did you hear what he said? I guess not. More balls come his way in the two-minute drill when nothing is planned. He thinks the organization has um, a tendency, the front office, to push for who gets the ball. And that's as an Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and the tight ends. Well, that's that's true. I mean, that's I mean, you could see it on the field. That's true. I mean, they always went to Witten. You could see that as soon as they traded for Amari, they went to him all the time. They never went to Beasley. But you could also you don't have to blame that on the front office. You, you could see, also blame that on Linehan and what I he's running. Don't like it because Beasley's always been an underdog. He's fought hard. He's an undersized guy, and you know he's a guy that would fit great in Bill Belichick's system. All the more reason for him to be mad. He's earned his spot, and now he's getting it taken away. Obviously. There's players that are better than him on this team, but for him to not even be included in the offense is such a good option. He's like the Julian Edelman of the Dallas Cowboys. That's what he is. Yeah. He he's the he's one of the ten year guys that's been on that team. Exactly. So he I, I would be in I would be upset too. Like I'm here for longer than Cooper and Zeke and uh 
whoever they have at tight ends, why am I not seeing more action? Yeah, exactly. it's something that needs to be changed um, for Dallas. That's why maybe their OC got axed. Um, other news, Larry Fitzgerald returns to the Arizona Cardinals for his 16th NFL season. Nice. It's great, but, I mean, I think he should have retired. He wants yeah. to play with Kingsbury. Can, I think him and Kingsbury want at least a year together. Yeah. Figure yeah. this out. Yeah, they're going to be bad, though. Give him props. I feel I Part of me feels like he's doing this for the Cardinals more, yeah. more than himself at oh, this point. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're a Cardinals fan, what reason do you have next season to go see a game? Larry Fitz. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, John Harbaugh gets a four-year extension. Well-deserved. Rightfully so. Um, enough on that. Baloney. Um, let's preview the Super Bowl. Sunday, February 3rd, 6.30 p.m. Super Bowl 53 will take place at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. It's a nice stadium. Does yeah. you actually pick the home team that typically plays at the stadium to win the Super Bowl. They did not even make the playoffs. Did you come close? <laughs> but you picked them because you wanted them to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. I kind of. Yeah, there's also maybe some gambling on the line there why I picked them, but yeah, they were they were really really atrocious. You know what's cool? Tony Romo is going to be calling the Super Bowl with Jim Nance. That is wow. cool. Love it. Will Tony Romo be the real MVP of Super Bowl 53? Fun fact: Tony Romo never made it. This far in his playing career, but he made Ooh. it. Only took him a, a year or two to get there in his, in his announcing career. So, nice. listen, think, if you're the Rams, that. you better have a TV on the sidelines, and you better pull up the game and watch what Tony Romo was saying. That way, Sean McVay knows what to tell Jared Goff. Yeah, pretty. That's much. how you win the Super Bowl, right there. As long as he's doing with those 15 seconds that they give. Yeah. So, how does New England and the Los Angeles Rams stack up against each other? Well, we're gonna run down the list. Anybody, feel free to chime in at any time. Fun fact number one. Did you know there is a 50-year age gap between the combined age of Brady and Belichick, 107 years, compared to Jared Goff and Sean McVay, 57 years. Tom Brady is 41 years old. Bill Belichick, 66. Hmm. Interesting. Sean McVay, 32. He just turned 33. Yeah, just see. turned 33. Yeah. He's 33, Sean? I thought he was like 36. No. Nope. Oh. He must have got hired at 31. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Sean McVay is younger than almost half the kickers in the league. Well, more like 25%. I mean, you get the point. Wow. Um, yeah. He's, crazy <laughs> He's younger crazy. than Brady. Yeah. <laughs> By far. By far. Um, Sean McVay actually played high school football against Julian Edelman. College football. College football. College Kent State, football. Kent, Kent State, State. Miami University. Yeah. Not Miami. Miami, University. Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. Ohio. I, I, I knew Miami, that. Ohio. Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio. Miami, 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 Ohio. Miami, Ohio. My bad. Sean McVay who? actually won high school player of the year when he was in high school. You know who he'd beat out? Do tell. Calvin Johnson. Wow. wow. Drops the pin. Megatron who? Crazy. <laughs> um. Look. Sean McVay is obviously the youngest coach to ever make the Super Bowl. Um, before, that was John Madden. Now, Goff made a promise to fix this, and he has. Everyone who kind of beats on Jared Goff, you know, you saw a lot of it last year with Nick Foles, everybody counting him out, even a lot of us. 
myself and a bunch of other fans counted out Nick Foles. We were incorrect on that judgment. Jared Goff might surprise some people, Kyle Russo. Nope. I think he's going to be the reason why they lose. Oh, boy. Ooh. I think he's going to be the reason why they lose. You give Todd Gurley two weeks more rest to rest up, he's going to be healed. C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurley going to be a threat. You know hey, that. Hey, we can't say anything because our only Super Bowl loss is the Trent Dilfer. Yikes. Imagine, imagine losing happen. a Super Bowl. You were less than a year old. I can't. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. 2001? Yeah. It must be nice to be undefeated in Super Bowls. Undefeated in Super Bowls. Well, so I would the know what a Giants are 4-1 and one in the Super Bowl. That's a very strong winning percentage. But the Jets are 1-0 oh in the Super Bowl. And be Brady twice. Yeah. I yeah, I, th- I think those two Brady wins somewhat um, That's can- like winning cancel three out Super Bowls. that one. Yeah. Um, well, the Jets, when, once they get to the Super Bowl, they're wagons. You can't beat them. <laughs> once they get to it. <laughs> once Stats they get there. don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe another 50 years. Do another 50. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully. For the first time ever, next fun fact, the same two cities that played against each other in the World Series will play in the Super Bowl in the same season. Boston Ooh. versus Los what? Angeles. That is fun. That's the first time that's happened? Yep. I feel like that's happened before. Well, you said the Yankees. No, you're probably thinking of the Cavs and the Indians. What? What? He's probably thinking about the two cities playing, but probably not the two cities playing against each other. You think about Cleveland two years ago when they went to the World Series and then when the Cavs won the championship? Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. talking about teeing, teeing off against each other. That is a that is a crazy stat though. Another crazy stat. Brady is five and three all time in the Super Bowl. Would you Jet fans like to name off to the teams that Tom Brady has lost to in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Giants and Eagles. Giants twice. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> so good news for Brady is he only loses to NFC quarterbacks. Well, NFC East, NFC East quarterbacks. Here, here's the thing, though. You guys will appreciate this stat line. Um, yes, he's 5-3 and three all-time in the Super Bowl. He's lost the Super Bowl rematch twice. New England beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl back in the 0405 season. They lost last year. And the Giants, because they did play twice. They beat the Rams. This is the Super Bowl rematch. Brady's 0-2 in Super Bowl rematches. What do you think about that stat? Fun. It's fun. You know, we keep mentioning all these Super Bowls Tom Brady's in, and it's just nuts. Tom Brady has played half an NFL season in the Super Bowl. Must be nice. Wow. <laughs> like, I, said it, I said it last week, too. This was Everyone says this is a bad year, quote-unquote really bad year for the Patriots. Bad year, bad year takes them to the Super Bowl. You know what people need to stop doing? After week two, when they lose by 20 in Kansas City, people need to stop saying they're dead because they will never die. They didn't lose to Kansas City. Whatever. It was an example. Their defense turns it on and plays at a championship level in the playoffs. New England also does not display their full playbook early on in the season. Bill Belichick spends his entire life reading the rule book of the NFL, coming up with all these disguised formations on things he can do to confuse defenses because he is a defensive-minded coach. He knows what the defense wants to do. Him and Josh McDaniel sit there as the World well, not as the World Series, as the NBA Finals is going on with their popcorn and their pajamas on going over the rule book on how to win the Super Bowl next season. And it works. McDaniels was And that's why Josh McDaniels will never that's why Josh McDaniels will never leave New England. Yeah. Josh McDaniels will be the next head coach of the New England Patriots, and that will will be the day Belichick walks. 
And that'll be the epic downfall of the Patriots. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Oh, more fun facts. So, in the AFC Championship game, we talked about Brady on the road, how he's not great on the road. Well, now he's 3-3 and on the road in AFC Championship games. He's 0-3 versus Peyton Manning, but he's 3-0 and against everybody else. On the road? Yeah. Oh, in AFC Championship games. Mahomes, Rivers, and there's one other. But, yeah. So, Flacco? they... Um, no. Yes. Was it? Flacco beat the Broncos. On no, the but Super I'm saying the... The Ravens didn't get there in the AFC Championship another time. They lost to yeah. You might be right actually. Um, I'm not actually no. Maybe oh. New England was home because when the Ravens won that Super Bowl, they were the sixth seed. Um, but then I know the Ravens made an AFC Championship game when Joe Flacco was a rookie, and then I think they lost. Yeah, we're all about fun facts here. We are all about fun facts. We, Tom Brady. We read the rule book as well. John Elway quoted, Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Tom Brady finally passes Mark Sanchez for uh, ties. Ties. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh, I, wa- I, I want to hear this. Ties Mark Sanchez for what? Uh, road playoff wins. Yep. At four. Yep. yep. So, so now now he can finally maybe retire. You got the elusive Mark Sanchez. No, now he wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know With that stat, that definitely solidifies the seat in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> he, oh, well, he needs one more playoff win to beat Mark Sanchez, and then he's in probably. Well, he wins the Super Bowl. That's Guys, it. Mark well, that's Sanchez has been in since his second year in, in the league, so let's be real. It's true. I mean, he is Mark it, Sanchez. A, he is Mark Sanchez. It took Mark Sanchez less time to get four playoff wins. What's wrong with Brady? For play, road playoff wins. Road playoff Brady's wins. been so good, he's never had a play on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, think about that. that's true. That is why the stat is. Oh, the Jets beat them in 2011. Uh, but who's counting? So, <laughs> the Rams' last Super Bowl victory was the 2000 Super Bowl against the Tennessee Titans. That year, the Titans got to the Super Bowl thanks to the Music City Miracle, the Frank Wycheck play, which nobody will ever forget. One yard. Um, yeah. Well, no, we're talking about the AFC Championship game against oh, the Buffalo Bills that season. The lateral. That was made. Tennessee made the Super Bowl on a lateral miracle play in the playoffs against the Bills. And then Steve McNair falls one yard short as the Rams win the Super Bowl. Um, Their only Super Bowl that they won. Uh, Crazy. Crazy. Uh, You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy when you think about it because they are considered, the greatest show on turf is considered one of the greatest teams of all time. And they only went, and they only won that one Super Bowl. Yeah, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. Yeah. Well, um, if Tory Holt days. was there, he was super young. He was super young at that time. He yeah. definitely was there because he was on that 2003. Was team Orlando too. Pace still there? Yes, he was. Orlando there. Pace was there. Greg Little on defense. Um, I'm trying to think of other players too. Oh my gosh, I knew I knew this team. I used to know this team front and back. Um. Adam Archuleta. Adam Archuleta, That was safety. my guy. Yeah. That was my guy. The guy no. in Maroon 5? He was really good. No, that's David Archuleta. Adam Adam Timmerman on their offensive line. That's David Levine. What am I talking about? It's Adam Levine. Adam Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Halftime show. London Fletcher. How can we London forget Fletcher. London Fletcher? London Fletcher was on that team? He was on that team. Wow. He's old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, granted, he was only 25 years old, but um, yeah. Other fun facts. Well, this one's not so fun. Um, 
Never mind. It is fun. So, the Pats and the Rams, obviously with the Rams' defense, this poses a bigger test to New England, right? Well, the Rams and the Patriots did meet in Super Bowl 36. Tom Brady started that game against Kurt Warner. Now, Super Bowl 36, New England won this game 20-17. to Adam Vinatieri kicks New England to victory. The GOAT. This was the beginning of New England's era. That was their first Super Bowl win ever. Before that, they lost the Super Bowl to the Chicago Bears. They got mutilated 46-10. to That excellent 85 Bears team. New England's had great coaches in the past. We've been talking about Bill Parcells for the short, limited time that he was there, but Bel- Belichick's clearly been the best ever. Um, the rematch of Super Bowl thirty-six. yes, it was the first Super Bowl win for the Pats, Every offensive starter and every defensive starter from that game, this does not include Adam Vinatieri, keep in mind, has been retired for at least five years. Tom Brady is the only starter that remains from that game. Oh, my. See, you, gi- you giant fans don't understand what me and Mike have to go through. It's tough. Like, we, like, you're literally going, we go against the best quarterback twice a year. We have to watch him. It's awful. It literally is. Why would you retire when there's so much dysfunction in the AFC East? The only way he retires is if Giselle like beats him up. There's why would he ever leave? I don't like the, the rules favor quarterbacks. You can't touch him. The Brady AFC is so stinks. old. The halftime performer of that Super Bowl was you two. Oh. <laughs> that game was played in the Louisiana Superdome. Isn't that crazy? Also, 18, to show years. to show Tom Brady's age. Nobody else in the division could to find show a Tom Brady's age. The announcers were Pat Summerall and John Madden. <laughs> Football! Football! <laughs> and Bernie Kukar was the referee. Wow. Was wow. Ed Hockley still there? I think Ed Hockley was on his way up. <laughs> um, yeah, as I brought up, New England 0-2 in Super Bowl rematches, they open up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, our original Super Bowl picks earlier on this season. Let's read them. Me and Kyle Russo both picked the Saints to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That pick both slapped us in the face mm-hmm. last week around around 6.30 in the evening Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Chris, you had the Saints beating the Chargers. Uh, Dawes, you had the Falcons beating the Chargers. <laughs> James, you had the Rams beating the Pats. And guess what? It just There's might hope. happen. It just might so can you tell me, like, the lottery numbers or? Yeah, you might be the <laughs> but, greatest predictor of all time. But last week you picked Chiefs and, what did they lose to? Chiefs, you picked uh, Chiefs and Saints last uh, last week. You probably forgot about his Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, which yeah. I did. He forgot about so his Super Bowl I forgot, prediction. and I knew I wasn't going to watch pretty much either so game. Eight. So, you know. Um, but if I win the lottery, I'm probably not going to be here next week. Just that's that's a good call. Um, I'll call you from my private Halftime of this, it'll be Maroon 5 and then Travis Scott. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. I love the halftime cool. show. Eh. Not, so, yeah. 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 Not big on Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. I mean, five is, Adam Levine is great. No, he is. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, like. Listen, man. Uh, it's not my type of music, but just get. I don't like the, I don't like the concerts. Just get to football. I can't stand the concerts. Yeah, you know, well, last we, year was disgusting because Lady Gaga, but like, but at least this year there's some upside. I can't remember the last, the uh, last good one that it was. Maybe when Bruno Mars. Oh, Madonna. Michael, the reason why New England is going to win the Super Bowl 
is because the Rams do not have Cooper Cup, and that makes Jared Goff so ineffective as he's already been in these playoffs, and he cannot solve the puzzle to that New England defense without his number one security blanket receiver. Security blanket. He got this far without him. He did get this far without him. However, you look at the Rams' skills players, the oldest Rams' skill player starter on offense is 26, Robert Woods. Nice. New England? <laughs> Might be the other way around. <laughs> um, the Rams are a young team. Look, the oldest players on that defense, too, Damakung Sue is 31. Akeem Tlaib is up there. Mark Barron is 29. Akeem Tlaib is up there. Greg Zerline is 31. It's a young Rams team. That offensive line is old, though. Andrew Whitworth is 37. Talk about Whitworth, who before this season never even made the playoffs. No, made the playoffs, but never won a playoff game. Well, never won a playoff game. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, and then for Marvin Lewis. John Sullivan, former sixth-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, it very well might happen. Let's see. Um, last fun fact before we make our picks. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have more championship appearances, Super Bowl championship appearances, than 97 sports franchises. Must be nice. <sighs> That's just it's so crazy. Including what sports? Um, keep uh, everything. Like the big, the, we're talking the big four. Oh, big four, okay. That's a lot. That's like everything. He's got more than the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> One. Dawes is rocking his Sacramento Kings shirt here tonight. Um, yeah. We will have more fun facts and stat digging to do next week. So keep your ears and eyes open throughout the next week. Um, let's make our picks for this game. Um, I'm going to go ahead, go out on a limb first. New England wins this game by a final score of 34 to 31. Why do the Rams score 31 points? They're down late. They need to play catch-up. New England holds on. Kyle Russo, you're next. 35-17. to 17. Wow. It's not, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Mm. Chris. All right. I hope the Rams win. Of course. I think the Patriots are going to win. And give me a score of 20-14. to 14. Low scoring. Low scoring. Way under. Mike. Yeah. I'm going to go 31-30 Patriots. Ooh. That's that's juicy. That's horrible. Yeah. That means you're going to crush our hearts. That's fine. James, before you make your pick, I'd like to make yes. a statement. Okay. Last week, you picked the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Now, I said, if the Chiefs win, you will be rewarded. Yes. You were not rewarded. Correct. Now, make your pick. Okay. <laughs> I'm not he, even he got be the it. Super Bowl pick right. Now you have you cannot pick the Pats. You have to oh, stick with the Rams. I am sticking with the Rams. Good. Of course they are. Of course. Um, then you'll be rewarded. Twenty-seven, twenty-one. Okay. Um, and if they go into overtime, Buffalo Wild Wings. That is, I saw that. So, are well, we what about for Buffalo overtime? Wild Wings? Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings said uh, that if the Pats lose, I believe it was, that they will be serving free wings. In all of America for a full day. I forgot what the date was. Here it is. All right. Uh, three wings. If L.A., New England goes into overtime, we're That's giving. That's what it was. 
giving everyone in America free wings February 18th. Let's do this. Cool. Um, Facebook, do you want your free wings? My WCWP, do you want your free wings? Watch the Super Bowl, 6.30 p.m. Sunday, February 3rd. CBS, be there or be square. <laughs> All right. On that note, it's time for our team of the week. Uh, we have approached the top of the hour, guys. Um, it's been a funny show here tonight, celebrating one one year of hysterical laughs here on the show. Um, team of the week. Kyle Russo, you are first. My team of the week is the New York Islanders. They are at the top of their division, the Metro, with 60 points. I can't even tell you the last time that they had 60 points to go into All-Star break. It's been a long time. It's good to see it, too, especially after losing arguably one of the best players in all the NHL. Fun fact, the Islanders go from worst in scoring last year to first in scoring this year. Well, I wonder why. <clears throat> Barry Trotz. <clears throat> yeah, that's a... Blue Chris, you were next. Same pick as last week. I'm going with the Nets. And Smart no, pick. Look, they're on a crazy five-game win streak right you now. You watched the Nets games this week? I did watch. I, I did. <laughs> I oh, did. yeah. Me and him watched the Kings game. It was very painful. Yeah, very painful. Me, me and Dawes got together. We watched the Kings-Nets game. It was great. It was a great game. D'Angelo Russell is on he's fire. He's He's unbelievable. He, I, he doesn't hit the rim on his shots. He just net. It's, yeah, he what, it was seven threes. <laughs> he had seven threes in that game. Oh, they um, who did they play the other night? The Magic again. They beat up on the Magic. They're playing the Knicks. They play, Spencer Dinwiddie goes out four to six weeks. It's tough. He's the best. I'll say the second best player on the team right now behind D'Angelo Russell. So you have missing him is going to be huge. They're playing the Knicks right now and they're down. But I have total faith in the Nets that they're going to come back and make this extend this winning streak to six games. James. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets, mostly. Um, James Harden does qualify for team of the week. Yeah, James Harden. He, <laughs> he put up, well, I believe, 60. 61. 61 yeah. against the Knicks at the Garden. I mean, the Knicks aren't very well, but he, was, he produced 61 points for his team alone. So he's my team of the week. He's my Not team a bad answer. Mike. Um, I'm going to go with the Gonzaga... Ooh, Bulldogs? Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, okay. So they've won a million games. They're like a million and one. Their record, check that. And last night they played Santa Clara. Obviously they're going to beat up Santa Clara, but they won 98-39. to 39. They almost won by 60 points. Gonzaga. Watch out, Final Four. Yeah. They, uh, they handed Duke their first loss this they season. Did. Their only loss is to UNC. Yeah. Um... My team of the week, you know, I originally wanted to go with Dayton, but I, I can't pick them because they, they've lost two out of their last three. They did, although they did hand St. Bonaventure their first home conference loss in over two years. Wow. Fun fact. That I is fun. That game. Um, look, my team of the week has to be the Tennessee Vols. Yep. They're the one team in the nation. They don't lose. Even though they did just skid by Vanderbilt the other night. And Alabama. They blew a huge lead versus Alabama, but held on. A win is a win, right? Oh, for sure. On that note, we hope you're listening on mywcwp.org and Facebook Live. It is now time to go over, you know, obviously tonight marks my one year as the host of Review and Preview. It's been a fun-filled year with a lot of laughs. 
a lot of good, funny moments here on the show. So at this time, I want everybody to think of some funny moments on the show that we've had over the past year. I've got mine. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of funny, dull moments, a lot of good, funny moments. Um, Dawes, I'm going to start with you, and I have a couple for you. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Dawes here, our engineer on the hot seat. Um, if you want to call in and pitch in your funny moments, you can call in at 516-299-2030. When we hung up with Brian Marbach last week, I brought up a comment how he used to make this commute to WCWP to host the show from the Hamptons. And then Dawes, I think you asked the question, or somebody asked the question, well, how did he get there? And then Dawes goes, probably a car. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was good stuff. My second one for you is, uh, it was about a month ago. It was the night we went on until midnight. We had our two-and-a-half-hour show. Uh, how Philip Rivers can run an offense with his wife and kids, nine kids. It's true. Yeah, 11 on 11. I think Mike Dawes um, has been one of the funniest additions in the history of Review and Preview. We appreciate oh, you and what you've done. You have now surpassed six months. Don't gas what? him up. Don't gas him up like that. He ain't that funny. People like you need to get rid of people like this in your life. <laughs> Ooh. See more content. More content. <laughs> Does anybody have any funny moments for Kyle Earhart, who's not here tonight? Because I do. Go ahead, hey, man. Kyle's, Kyle has not been on very long. He's been on about three months, I'd say now. Same show that you brought up the comment on Philip Rivers. Kyle Earhart accidentally took over as the host of Review and Preview for about ten seconds. I wish we had the clip, but it, again, it was the show until midnight where we all stopped for about five seconds, and then Kyle Earhart is like, James Montefusco, who is your team team of the week? <laughs> and then I looked at him like, wait, is this for real? I'm going to let I'm gonna let it ride out here. There was no talking on the show for a solid like five to ten <laughs> seconds. We were all just looking at each other. I don't know what happened. Oh, man. I got one for a Christian. First of all, don't ever call me that. <clears throat> so, Christopher over here, we had our team. Oh, now, I'm, that's even more, now I'm going to get up and fight you. <laughs> yeah. So, he's my real name. You know, um, we I, do have a parking lot behind WCWP. You do? Hmm. 10 o'clock, street brawl. Oh, I got that thing. You can't. But anyway, Christian, <laughs> we're talking about team of the weeks. And he goes on to say, oh, you know, whatever. He had a talking about post or something. And then he just. Get rid, get, he just gets rid of it. He's like, oh, well, now back to a real team. And I took yes. offense to that as engineer of Review and Preview. Whoa. At Whoa. Review and Whoa. Preview. And I think if you want to fight him, I mean, you should just text him. His number's out there. That was egregious, and you never apologize or answer for your crimes. Thoughts? Fans, next week, 6 o'clock, there will be a parking lot brawl between live me on and live, live on Instagram. <laughs> live on the Review and Preview Instagram. We will be selling pay-per-view tickets as well. So tune into that. As you already I, have three guests that will be sitting there on <laughs> ooh, folding chairs. <laughs> um, one of my funniest moments that I can recall is when me, Jason, and Griffin were going up. This is when I was doing the play, uh, the color commentating for the football team. We were walk, going up to, I think it was uh, Shippensburg, and we tried to call in Dawes. And he it was just one of his oh, first couple listen. of times working the board. He was, just, he was just learning how to do it. And... We called in. He had no idea how no to idea. do it. And Griffin's trying to talk him through it for like 30 minutes. And when we got back, he was just like, well, he, Dawes was just like, well, Griffin told me everything wrong. Basically. Griffin 
told me everything wrong when I say that. <laughs> I mean, he'd be the worst manual. And the best part is we're watching the Facebook live feed, too. Yes. We can just see Dola struggling. Just, just, <laughs> just sweating out here. <laughs> just struggling to put it on. It was so funny. We, me, Jason, and Griffin were all dying in the car. We, I think we, laughed, we just like asked like a five-second question, too, and we, got, we hung up. <laughs> like, I'm glad. So funny. Glad I can make your day. I had the same one for Chris, too. Yeah, I mean, that was just such a funny moment. Chris had a lot of funny moments. Um, funny guy. James. James, I have two for you. Let's go. The first right. one um, was also the Midnight Show. A lot of people, you know, when you have an extra half an hour, the longest show in the history of Review and Preview, oh, yeah. there's a lot of funny moments. There's just me, you, Dawes, and Kyle E. here. There's four of us. Um this was the basketball segment. You were very quiet for about two to three minutes. And then, again, dead silence for about seven seconds. And then I said, James, are you okay? Again, seven seconds of silence. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the funny moment that we were talking about earlier. And then also the college football segment. The first question I ask you is about West Virginia and what you think of their football program. Oh, that was great. That and was then great. James is like, you know, Tom, I don't know what it is. I'm not really a fan of the name of the school. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't think they're doing football program. <laughs> Have any thoughts changed on West Virginia football? No. Not Ooh. at all. Not at all. So you don't want Will Greer on the Giants? If he comes to the Giants, I'm not opposed, but, you know. We'll suck around Well, action. then you're going to have to be a fan of the name of the school. Th- then I'll suck it up and be a fan. But if he's not on the Giants, I'm sure. You know, we have had a West Virginia quarterback in the past. His name is Geno Smith. That's well, the that's the warning one for disrespecting the great Geno. <laughs> that's more. why James is not a fan. Or the real reason why James is not I'm not a real fan of the name of the school. Kyle too great, uh, Russo. I win. You have three. Nice. The first thing is the obvious. The Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr. debates where one night it was just me and Kyle Russo live before the show, and we had our own show on the phone call, screaming and yelling at each other. It's beautiful. For like an hour and a half. It's amazing. Jeez. I didn't have a a voice the next day, but it was great. But these Eli-Odell debates made the shows at times. Like, this was good. Like, having two different perspectives. And two different standpoints. Two different loud perspectives. Yeah, two different loud perspectives is correct. Not loud, passionate. Passionate. Um, And, I mean, for you, you know it was a big joke you said was the defending of Odell Beckham. That was a joke. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Two more. Oh, man. The second one was the time when um, your parents showed up. At WCWP. Oh, that was great. And they were taking pictures of you the night you were running the board, and you were staring at the wall, talking into the mic. So, Mike, um, I was looking look, out the window. Look yeah, over I, to the side of the wall. I can do and look talk out the and talk. Just, just talk. talk. And I am looking at that the was Kyle Russo yep. for a solid fifteen minutes. I answered the question the though perfectly, beautifully. Me, and, my, f- sorry, go ahead. Me and Tom that day looked at each other like, "What's wrong with?" Listen, man, like, the content like, is was he out, zoning out or what's going good. on. The third thing, Kyle Russo just did the third thing right now. Do you notice how Kyle Russo always has his hand on the mic? He does. Where he talks like this, and then he talks with his hands sometimes? Oh, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm passionate. <laughs> you can tell that Kyle Russo is getting into it when he's got his hand moving. That's so funny. But for me... Good memories, guys. It's been 869 days of this banter on Review and Preview. Not literally. But I have been a um, part of Review and Preview for almost 900 days. Wow. So it's been a while. It's been, um, it's been almost two and a half years. Nice. So coming up on three. All right, guys. So on that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. And then when we come back, we will talk some college basketball. And before we get there, we're also going to talk some Jets, Giants, hot stove. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, Chris Klimazewski, Kyle Russo. This will be Chris's last segment of the night. James will be sitting out this segment uh, doing some social media for us. Um, fun fact about James, the last joke i got to bring up before we get to the Jets. Um, for a while, there was an inside joke between me and Kyle Russo about James. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember the cartoon Doug Funny? From, yes. the, from the 90s? Yes. Does, does James somewhat resemble Doug Funny? Doug was bald, wasn't he? <laughs> no, he wasn't. It's a cartoon character, though. I mean... <laughs> uh, you admitted it over text, too. I did. I, now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. A little bit, though. A little bit. I see it. <laughs> we love you, James. We love you. All fun again. Let's get to the Jets. So last week, we did a hot stove on the Jets... Um, as we do have a caller, which we will get to in just a moment, um, last week we talked about a keep them or dump them segment with all the players on contract. Uh, tonight we're going to go over those players. Since Chris dumped half the team last week, this might be tough for him. But he had we, to dump half the team. <laughs> regardless of whether they're on a contract year or not, I want Clement Dawes to pick three Jets players that must absolutely go. Absolutely gone. Oh, I got three. Let's hear it. First off, where to start, but <laughs> Morris Claiborne has yeah. to go. Buster Screen yep. has to go. And it's really any type of pick, any any of the five linemen. But I will go with – do my own little drum roll. Do Kuala. Kuala. It's going to be Kuala. Yeah, sure. But the first two. Over Lock Edwards. Have to – no. Thank you. <laughs> Lock Edwards, Morris Claiborne, Buster Screen have got to go. They're so bad at their jobs. All right, he's saying them. I'm saying – I'm gonna. I agree with Mike, but I'm gonna be oh. different. I'm gonna find three different players to pick. I'm gonna pick Kelvin Beecham, yes, Frank uh, yes. Quale, yes, and um, anybody. Oh, Jermaine Curse. What? Uh, he's actually pretty good. He's good. Chris said he would rather keep Jermaine Curse over Richard Matthews last week. Fun fact. I mean, Rashad Matthews was irrelevant to this season. He had, like, two catches. So then shouldn't he be gone before Jermaine Curse? Oh, You're irrelevant like, this season. The fan in, in left field should be gone, too. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, they, this guy literally meant nothing to me. He was dust in the wind, literally. Uh, Becky Lynch, all the way from Ireland. Correct? Love it. Yeah. Dublin. Love it. That was Irish. Dublin. I love Ireland. I mean, I've never been there, but I love the accent. Yeah. Love the. I love the Irish accent. Yo, do you enjoy the Irish accent? It's 5 o'clock now in the parking <laughs> lot next week. You got moved up an hour. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Um, all right, guys. So let's get to the Giants. 
the New York football giants. Me and Kyle Russo will take the stage here. Um, three players that we want to see gone. Um, I'm going to go ahead first. Okay. Odell, oh, uh, no, just kidding. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, me for the right price? Hey, no. Oh, okay. no. Right. I just no. got the, the crazy guys. Yeah. I'm going to no. stop. B.W. Webb. Yep. Curtis Riley. Yep. John Helipio. Yep. Same ones. Wow. Same ones. High oh. five. Nobody else. B.W. Webb is atrocious. Curtis Riley led the league in missed tackles this season. And John Helipio. You know what? I'll switch it up. Spencer Pulley. Got to go. Spencer Pulley was awful. Fun fact, last week you said drop Jalapio, keep Spencer Pulley. Well, that's that's when I had to choose in between them. You see, on a real thinking standpoint. Must be thinking the same, but I want to switch it up. Well, before before the Eli Odell debate came about, we pretty much agreed on just about everything. It was getting to the point where it was a little alarming. You know, bright minds think alike, Tom. It happens. I got a question for both you Giants fans, and James as well, if you want to chime in from uh, Instagram videos. Uh, Look, I do mock drafts every year. And I did my first one the other day. Who'd you have the I, Giants pick? I had the Giants taking Greedy Williams, the cornerback from LSU. I don't mind it. My only thing is I don't think he's going to fall to us. If Tampa you don't think keeps so. the pick, mm-hmm. they will draft him because they're going to – Frank Grimes is gone. I don't think that see, they're going to fall to him. See, I was thinking that too, but they do have Vernon Hargraves, who's still who's still solid. He's coming off an injury though. so yeah. And I feel like they can pick someone else up in the free agency. But I feel like the Giants, they need someone because, you know, you can't uh, – Janoris Jenkins is good, but you can't really rely on him. So I feel like if you get a guy like Greedy Williams who's solid, it'll be a good pick. I just wanted to get your your guys' take as Giants fans on it. I understand your point. Yeah. No, and here's why. Three, two, one. Sam Beal. Hmm. Sam, no, but Sam he said Beal. to replace Janoris Jenkins. Well, look, Sam Beal is 6'3". The problem is Greedy Williams is also 6'3". So if the Giants draft Greedy Williams, you'll have the tallest cornerbacks in the NFL by far. It, you know, Tall I, dudes. I think Greedy Williams is a good choice. I mean, I know you guys do need LSU another guys. pass rusher, LSU. too. Yeah. You guys, but you guys can live with Vernon and B.J. Hill at, at your at your opposite ends. You guys can live with that. You can't live with B.W. Webb. Well, I mean, I know he's not coming back. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he that guy cannot be your second It'll corner. It'll be right Beal over Webb next year for sure. Yeah, because Beal, Beal was our uh, supplementary, supplementary draft pick this year, which I don't think we'll get a th- – we don't have a third-round pick this year. Uh, we do not have a third-round pick. Currently. So that's something to keep in mind there. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get your guys' note on that. Yeah. On that note, Chris Klimazewski will be departing. Chris? Uh, so sad to see you go. Yeah. I mean, I am just dead inside. Hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave. Yes. Get out. I quote get Drake. Out. Get, get, get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Wish I had a tomato to throw you. <laughs> that was Chris Klimazewski from Glen Cove, New York. All right, guys. So let's transition. No reaction, Bruce. Let's transition to college basketball. Um, yeah, Tennessee is the new number one. Duke loses to Syracuse last week, but they come back and beat Virginia on Saturday. And, you know, finally uh, beating a team in the top five. Because coming up, Duke has a cakewalk coming up. They host Georgia Tech tomorrow at noon. Then they're at Notre Dame Monday night. And then they host St. John's and Boston College before they go on the road and play Virginia again. So the four, the, the next four games for Duke 
are pretty much guaranteed wins. Watch the Red Storm storm yeah. the court next week on Saturday, February 2nd. I mean, that'd be awesome. I'll be rooting hardcore for St. John's against Duke in that game. Uh, I'll be rooting hardcore for Notre Dame against Duke in that game Monday night. It's too much for Notre Dame to overcome, though. Without uh, Fluger, Burns, tough stuff. Robbie Carmody out for the year where Notre Dame had to utilize a player they originally wanted to redshirt this year in Chris Darty. Uh, not ideal. But John Mooney, guys, might be a potential player of the year candidate. Um, John Mooney is the current rebound leader in the ACC. John Mooney is averaging nearly 12 rebounds a game. That's a lot for college, for sure. He is a junior from Florida. Nice. Uh, and, you know, he's the sta- staple piece to Notre Dame. And I know you and I go back and forth on this with Notre Dame and their upperclassmen. They're upperclassmen. Yeah. They're, they're all juniors this year. The only true senior was Rex Fluger, but he's coming back for a fifth year as a grad student to join the other seniors next year in John Mooney, TJ Gibbs, Nicola Jogo, and Juan Durham. The transfer from UConn. Got it. <laughs> um. Now, other news in college basketball, of course, Villanova is back in the, in the 25 and Michigan loses. What do you think of Michigan losing to Wisconsin? I mean, this that was, was disgusting. As a Michigan awful. better, I was disgusted. Awful. They they had the game the whole way until they didn't, and it was disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. I'm really mad. Yeah. Was really it, was disgu- it was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Just want to clarify. Just want to clarify. Thank you. Thank no you for problem. letting me know. The dark horse teams that I like this year, one, Marquette. Ooh. Yeah, Mar- good. Mar- Marcus Howard. My opinion is the second best scorer in college basketball behind Zion. Nope. Uh, I mean, hot that's take. Great, that's a hot take. Hot take. But look, have you seen what the guy's done? Yeah, but for Marquette, he has the he has the Hauser brothers. Marquette kind of reminds me. They have like a Golden State vibe to them, where you have mm-hmm. an excellent point guard that can score and shoot. Great shooters in the Hauser twins, and or brothers, I should say. Excuse me, not twins. Um, and then they have good guys in the front court. They have good guys. And then don't don't sleep on Iowa either. Iowa mutilated Michigan the other night. But my problem is Iowa's not really a tournament team. Yeah, and they they just got beat up at home from you know Michigan State. Um, yep. I've I've watched a lot, obviously watched a lot of college basketball as a just wildly degenerate gambler. So sure I think the best two teams I've seen. I don't even think it's close. The best two teams I've seen is Tennessee and Virginia. I mean Virginia. Not Duke. What? Not Duke. No, Virginia. I think Virginia really? and Tennessee. Definitely, Virgi- I think Virginia is the best team in the country. The way they play defense is just crazy, and I can just see the storyline coming out. They lose to a 16 seed last year, and then they go ahead and make a Final Four run or something. I don't know. Those, in my opinion, those have been the best two teams. No, it's definitely a solid pick. Yeah. I wouldn't say that Virginia over Duke. I mean, I, I get it with Tennessee, but I, I mean, say they Virginia. did just lose to Duke, so it's tough to say. Yeah. Right Duke now. just blew out Pittsburgh. What's McCallum? Um, Zion and Reddish combined for fifty-one points, guys. That's what I'm talking about. They're five and one in the ACC. You look at the top dogs in the ACC right now. You have Virginia, Duke, UNC, Cuse, and Louisville. Yep. Louisville's a big dark horse team this year. They have Chris Mack. Uh, Former Xavier head coach, look, this Louisville team is for real. They have a legitimate chance to make some noise this year. They're ranked currently, and they're on a four-game winning streak. That's the best winning streak in the ACC conference right now. 
longer than UNC, Duke, and Virginia. Um, for Virginia, you look at their team, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, they have guys, including Kyle Guy, but he's just one guy. Yeah, you need more guys. You need, you, you need more guys than just one guy, James. How many guys do you need? I don't know. Kyle, how many guys do you need? A lot of guys. You need, you need five guys. At least. Because then, after you win, your team can all go together, thank you, to five guys. Remember that. January 25th, 2019, 8.34 p.m. Sponsor us at uh, mindwc.wp.org. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, Buffalo. Oh, my goodness. That was a weird two-minute juncture. Um, not to digress any further, um, Buffalo loses to Northern Illinois. Bad loss for the Bulls. Yeah. And then other noise, you got Virginia traveling to Notre Dame tomorrow. Big, these are some of the big games tomorrow. Virginia at Notre Dame, St. John's against Georgetown. That's a good test for them. Um, and then Virginia versus NC State on Tuesday. So look out. But you want to talk about um, you want to talk about really good college basketball teams. Ohio State. Oh, Kyle Russo. You take the floor. There's a basketball team that you've had your eye on lately. They're pretty good. The Hofstra Pride, led by Justin Wright Foreman. Unbelievable. I bet him on a lot last night. Unbelievable. Is Hofstra the only undefeated team remaining in all of Division One? Everyone in the top 25 now has at least one loss. i to check that. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. Just groundbreaking question. It might be true. It might be. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. All right, we're looking all across Division One, folks. Um, that's crazy. They currently have the longest winning streak. Crazy stuff. Yeah, they played JMU last night. Some, yeah, James Madison. Yeah, they destroyed them. Yep, they did. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Because Justin Wright Foreman, I think, is averaging 26 points per game. That's ridiculous. That is insane. He's really been the glue to that team, if you think about it, though. No, he has been. And I think he, he may be NBA-bound. He really might be. You think so? I think so. We'll see. Um, Stony Brook's undefeated in their conference. They have one loss overall. Um, hmm. Yeah, Hofstra's no. 8-0 in their conference. Houston's 19-1. overall. Yeah, we're looking all across the, the, the Division One guys. That in, does include um, the FCS teams. We're looking all conferences right now. And, you know, we're, we're looking down. Yeah, come on. Half of the ACC is ranked in the top 25. How Syracuse, I mean, you know, Syracuse has the five losses. That's why they're not ranked. Yeah, I do have an update from Christian. Sure. He says Syracuse, dark horse. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Kansas, though? Kansas? I felt like they were highly rated for uh, I don't know why. I, I gamble on every game like an idiot. They have lost me the most money on any team. They they stink. How about that take? I they think were, they'll be out in the first two rounds. they were ranked above Duke. At one point, they, they were. They were number two they, at one point. No, they were number one. I think going into Ooh. the season, probably. I mean, they're, remember I mean, when Duke played Kansas? It was like the one and two, and Duke was the two. Yeah, and they lost their big center Azubuki. I mean, they're finished. They stink. Yeah, and you look at the Big Ten. You got Michigan and Michigan State. So those Michigan is really good. Yeah, they just destroyed Indiana tonight. Um. Yeah. No. They they are a, a team to look out for too. Um. Kyle, Hofstra, 
Longest winning streak in the nation at 15 games. Yep. Is this excellent work? This is magnificent work. Ooh. Ooh. Is that this above is, excellent? It is above excellent. It and is. They, they have about 10 games left in the season, and then they reach the first round of the CAA championship. Yeah. Tournament. No. Uh, you're right. Yeah. And if I'm l- looking at it correctly right now, Hofstra is the only undefeated basketball team remaining in all of Division One. Two seed in a tournament? Nah. Yeah, Hofstra. Yeah, I mean, if Topi, they could, you know, make some noise. Yeah. Keep this streak going. Yeah. On that note, we're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. That will do it for college basketball. When we come back, we will talk some NBA news, so stay tuned. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo. Um, a lot of basketball going on tonight, but I for, before we get to that, shout out New York Rangers, three-game winning streak heading into the All-Star break. Them blue shirts are going well. Blue shirts are going really well. Ha-ha. <laughs> Ha-ha. But currently, the New York Knicks lead the Nets by a score of 58-56 to in the second quarter with a minute to go. Uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn on a five-game winning streak. They're one of the hottest teams in the Eastern Conference right now. They've been incredible. But in this first half, Noah Vonley and Trey Burke have been great. You know, Trey Burke, a guy who's played inconsistently this year with 11 points. Joe Harris and Shabazz Napier and Theo Pinson. Theo Pinson in eight minutes, guys, has 13 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Nice. Theo Pinson. Who? From UNC. I have no idea. Oh, UNC. I've never heard of him. Theo Pinson came from, you said OKC? UNC. UNC. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember him in, uh, with the Tar Heels. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, this, Listen, this, this, this it only proves what Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. It's only more examples to solidify possibly a coach of the year for Kenny Atkinson because they have done an incredible job, you know, not being able to pick having their first-round pick for the last, I don't even know, God only knows how many years. 30 years. Exactly. Feels like that. Feels like it. And to be this good, competing, and now, sad to say, obviously, you know, we all know what happened to Victor Aladipo, but this enables Brooklyn to now jump up to potentially even higher seed than where they are right now at number six. Yeah, so Brooklyn is currently the sixth seed. Um, They've won nine out of 11. Their only losses over the last 11 games are to the Raptors and the Celtics, arguably two of the best three teams in the East. It's good losses right there. As well, yeah. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind there. Um, It's crazy that um, you look at the Nets tonight and they're tied with the Knicks because the Knicks have been one of the worst teams in the NBA this season. Um, The the Knicks are on an eight-game losing streak. Um, They've been really bad. James Harden dropped 61 on them at MSG the other night. Um, and that may be a win for the Knicks if they're looking at a chance to get Zion Williamson in that draft lottery. Um, you know, is this somebody that can play in the front court with Kristaps Porzingis when he returns? For sure. Um, you look at them, you look at Hardaway, you look at Kevin Knox, and you're missing a point guard. Hey, Ky- Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, 
you know, could happen. It could happen. Uh, Dawes, your Kings are currently trailing the Grizz, Lees, 27-24 out in Memphis. Uh, Kings are at 500. Not bad, they are. considering this point in the season. They're, they're just awful on the road, so hopefully they could somehow pull us off because the Grizzlies stink. They're terrible. It would be better if Marvin Bagley didn't get hurt. Yeah, the Kings are much better than the Grizzlies are right now. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, the Kings on the road are 10-14. Um, yeah, they're bad. Um, if you look at the West, there was a lot of confusion this year on who would make the playoffs because there's so many teams that are competing. But right now, it's pretty much most of the same teams from last year with the exception of Denver. It's yeah. Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City, Portland, Houston, San Antonio, Utah, Hey, and, you know, you have a race between the Clippers and the Lakers for that eight seed. So LeBron better get back fast. New, New Orleans won't make it this year, especially with Miritich being out. No more Boogie uh, and no more. They had a really good point guard last year. I can't remember who it was. Well, also Anthony Davis out a Rondo. couple weeks. Rondo, yeah. yeah. Um, Anthony Davis and Miritich out, so your front court is Julius Randle, and that's it. Um, yeah, so, be better than that. Yeah. So they're not going to make it. Minnesota, despite being on a three-game win streak, you can't count them out. But the whole overcoming of dealing Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, they seem to be in rebuild mode again around towns. Um, it killed them. This is not good. That whole The whole Jimmy Butler thing, yeah, it did kill them. Because you look at them now, it's towns, and who else is there? You know, Wiggins D. Rose. Wiggins is a mediocre NBA player. You have Sarich to potentially build around. But... Um, you Cummings, look maybe. at this team, guys. It's old. It is old. Jared Bayless, Luol Deng, Taj Gibson, over 30. Derek Rose, It's the 30. Bulls part, too. It is the Bulls part, too. That's what it was, and that's why it didn't work out. Anthony Tolliver, C.J. Williams, old. Jeff Teague, old. Did I say old? I did. You did. Um, yeah. Again, old. <laughs> so... Um, again, Minnesota does not look good. Um, they do not look good, but I will say this. A team that does look good in the West is the Denver Nuggets, despite their uh, there's a little confrontation. Last night, Nikola Jokic, right in the middle of it, he has been suspended one game. Mason Plumley and Derek Favors also received fines for the altercation. Um this is not something you want to see, especially you know with these caliber uh, teams. I'm sorry uh, that that game, that game I believe actually happened on Wednesday night. It was the Nuggets and the Jazz yeah. out in Utah, and then the Jazz ended up winning by six. Um, yeah, no, it was just it was not. It, it was a three point shooting clinic. There was not much defense being played. And it was a shame. Jokic had 28 points, 21. Rebounds, bikes. Nice. Um, you know, potential dark horse. Uh, he he's probably going to the All Star game. No, he is. Um, he's a starter. He's projected to sit behind. Um, somebody had Davis ranked over him. Uh, I don't know how he could do that with the year Jokic has had, but he's been great. Um, another center, great to have back. The center for the one seed in the West currently, the team on a nine game winning streak and back to their old form with the super team there, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Boogie back, his first game back, 15 minutes. He fouled out, I believe, yeah, but he, he scored 14 points. Uh, I'm sorry. I may be in the mi- in the minority here. 
I saw Boogie fouling out. I didn't see him scoring 14 points. That's something you expect. Fouling out in 14 minutes is not something you say, oh, he had a good showing for his first game back. He, Listen, played, he, he, played, game. he played no defense. It's his first game. So He's got to learn how to so, adjust back. You play for the Golden State Warriors, a team that has won the NBA championship three out of the last four years. You don't foul out in 14 minutes of play. Hey, man, you take fouling out or getting suspended for a game for kicking somebody in the groin. Take Look, what you want. All right, well. Those are the only options. <laughs> yeah. Listen, at I the mean, end of the day, Golden he's, State is going to be He's a classic hothead. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. He is a classic hothead. Shout out to another center, Marcus Soule. I know Memphis had a down year, but Wednesday night he had a triple-double. I think that's his first of his career, too. Yeah, it was the first of his wow. career. It was insane. I wonder if him or Conley are going to get traded. Yeah, there's been there's been talks about both. Um, speaking of trades, there's also been talks about Lonzo. That's probably dead at this point. He's out four to six weeks. No, there's still talks. There Magic is still Johnson Lonzo released, Ball. I missed this. Magic Johnson released a report saying that if a superstar is available at the trade deadline, that the Lakers will have no problem trading either Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, or Kyle Kuzma. To get how them. are the Lakers faring without LeBron right now? Because I think there's some chaos going on yeah, right now I mean, because Brandon Ingram is trying to lead this team and if you look at it right now Luke Walton got ejected on Saturday night in the game against Houston yeah. losing his composure yeah James Harden guys tore him up uh, I don't know what are your thoughts on the Lakers though before we get to Harden um, I watched one of their first games without LeBron and it was the Brandon Ingram show and that is not a recipe for success he's terrible I think he's really bad and yeah. <laughs> He be, LeBron better come back fast or they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, the fact that you lost to Cleveland, I mean, it's just... Embarrassing. I mean, I don't even care that you don't have LeBron. That, you have Cleveland. to beat Cleveland they're at home. They're trying to take. have to beat Cleveland at home. They are so bad. To be fair, the Heat are also losing to Cleveland right now. They are. The game is not over. Turn it around. Hopefully win by nine. The game is not over. Hey, listen, <laughs> you better hope that happens. You know why? If that happens, that means the Knicks getting that first overall pick. Oh, yeah. Is Cleveland the worst record team in the NBA? Nine. I'm nine sorry, wins. but even the Cleveland Cavaliers should be the team that has Justice Winslow as their starting point guard. The, Listen, this the Cavs is the, are this terrible. Is the, this is the Lakers How segment. How are the Heat even in the top eight teams in the East? Because they're quietly good, just like they always are. And, you know, they could beat up on the bottom half of the East. Look at their starting lineup. It's Winslow, Tyler Johnson, ooh, Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson. And look what they are in the standings. Josh Richardson. Look what they are in the standings. I mean, it's better than Cleveland started. I mean, and, and they lost Tristan Thompson. They're they're just terrible. But back to your question with the Lakers. I mean, they're just. I mean, it's not just LeBron. Obviously, listen, it's LeBron. But you're missing everybody right now. You're missing Rondo, so you don't have a solid point guard. And then you have Lonzo, who's out too. Yeah. Who fair, spreads fair the ball enough. very well. Not a good shooter, but spreads the ball well. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it's crazy. But, you know, you look at the MVP discussion right now between Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden. James Harden has made a very strong case for himself. He has scored 30-plus points in the last 20 games as of Monday night. Um, he's been fantastic, and he's scored more points in the last 20, 25 games than Kyrie Irving has all season. He, he, well, he He's going to run away with the MVP because what James Harden does is he performs in the regular season like nothing we've ever seen before. But then as soon as that postseason starts... Yeah, you know, this up. is all fun, but we'll yeah. almost do it as in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. Facebook viewers, we do apologize. My iPad has, uh, there's a technical issue, so if you want to watch on Facebook, 
James Montefusco has shared the video on my Facebook page. Good guy. So you can watch the last 10 minutes of the show through there if you are not listening to us on our mainstream, mywcwp.org. I know we've talked about this, but let's talk about it a little more. Who is the MVP right now? Is it Harden or is it Giannis? Um, I, I think that's tough. I don't think that's tough. Should now, I go first? You, you go right. first. I'm going to pick Giannis because I don't like Harden's style of play. It's jealousy. Yeah. It, it's poor. It's not good team management. And Giannis Antetokounmpo has the Milwaukee Bucks as the one seed in the East right yeah. now over two dominant teams in the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. Well, that's the thing. Celtics if you have look won at, five straight, man. You could say Harden is playing selfish, but, I mean, who is he playing with right well, now? Well, Chris Paul's out. out so. And Clint Capella's out, too. Yeah. You know, he's, I, he's you look at Giannis, rules. everybody's yeah, but you're, healthy. You're not wrong, but Milwaukee is sitting there at 34 and 12. But that team is stacked. Oh, I'm, my definition, I don't factor in that. team record that much for MVP. But I, yeah, team record uh, has no reflection upon MVP. I mean, it's individual performance. He just, he just keeps putting up 40-plus. Yeah. It's Let's hard be not real. to... Half the Rockets' losses were due to the credit of Melo. Yeah, oh. he is. Yeah, he played ten games for horrendous. How many? How many games did they lose? In those they're probably games? like five and five or something. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Um, Hilarious yeah. Melo story. This team. a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. He got, he got a. Uh, oh, traded. Yeah, they paid yeah. the Bulls to take him. They paid the <laughs> Bulls to him. take him. Who dumped him? I mean, that is this right. guy is the biggest joke of a star player, air quotes, I've ever seen in my life. It's sad sure because he's, one of the, he's a selfish player, but he's one of the greatest offensive players the game has ever had. Yeah. It's um, sad, but... Yeah, whatever. So, Hopefully he never makes the whole fame. But he the will. All-Star game is coming up uh, in a little less than a month. Yeah. Now, in this game, um, the captains for the All-Star, All-Star game, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, James Harden will be playing in the All-Star game. And, man, you know, yeah, he's representing Houston, by the way, who just acquired Kenneth Freed. Um, so they're trying to make their team a little deeper. But um, the, this All-Star game is going to be fun to watch. There was a meme on Instagram that had the Warriors starting five against yep. the Eastern Conference starters. Who would win? Warriors. I mean, come on. The Warriors. You, you have Warriors. I'd an actual team before a team of All-Stars. And also just, I mean, they it's just, crazy. It's, <laughs> I mean, the, best the Warriors team. are a team of All-Stars. That's, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. But the... You know, you want to be literal. You want to be literal right now. The best two teams in the NBA come from the Eastern Conference: Milwaukee and Toronto, record-wise. If yeah, Steph was hurt, and now they didn't have Demarcus, but also Toronto. Like, How long have the Raptors? I don't want to go. Raptors are good. I love go watching there. them play. They are good. Oh, yeah. They're a good team, no doubt. I love Kawhi Leonard. Huge Kawhi Leonard. I love his game. I love that he's a quiet player. Keeps to himself and plays his game the right way. But at the end of the day. If they wind up meeting the Warriors in the finals, maybe you win one game. Maybe just because you have Kawhi in his defense, because he could guard anybody. I'm not saying they won't get smacked around. But, James, what is your take on what's going on in in the NBA right now? Do you you think that we may see Golden State run away with this again? Uh, Most likely. It doesn't look like anybody can really catch them unless LeBron comes back with the Lakers and just has an amazing run. Or the Nuggets, right now, it seems like it's a sleeper team, and they come up and beat mm-hmm. the Warriors. Um, but like you guys said earlier, the Rockets, is only they only go so far as um, Harden. So I, I see the Warriors probably taking it again. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's an understatement. I feel like <laughs> they're... Easy path to the finals. Yeah, oh, for sure. Cur- currently, 
you look at the Western Conference, and there's only one Golden State starter. That's Stephen Curry. The current starters in the West, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying LeBron is a Western Conference starter, but he That's is. Weird, right? Along with Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, and James Harden. Eastern Conference starters, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. Um, so, yeah. Uh, who wins? Who who has the better lineup? Any thoughts? Oh, the West, 100%. The West, 100%. 100%. 110%. There you go. There you go. Blowout um, style? Not blowout. They just, if you compare the lineups. I mean, even not even the lineups, but when it comes to the bench players in general, they, without a doubt, have the better team. Irving's been in and out of the lineup. I think this is Embiid's first time starting as an all-star. Uh, yes. And then also, um, all due respect to Kemba Walker, but he doesn't compare to the backcourt. The eastern backcourt does not compare to the west backcourt. Steph Curry and James Harden. Oh, my. Oh, my. Is right. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's insane. It really is insane. Wait, Kevin Durant wasn't a starter for the West? No. That is that's how that's how overpowered the West is right now. Yeah, I think he's in it. Clay. Um, yeah. So it should be fun. And then they'll name the dunk competitors soon, I'm sure. The oh, they, they three did. point they, they they did? You have uh Dennis Smith Jr. just of committed course. today. You have John Collins, Derek Jones. Who scored thirty five the other night? Derek Jones Jr. And the fourth one slipped my mind. Oh my god. Let me see if I can look that up right now. I know it's John Collins. Dennis Smith Jr. just agreed to it today. And I know Derek Jones Jr. is doing it again. De'Aaron Fox to the skills challenge. Yeah, I heard we about got, that. You got your winner right there, folks. The dunk contest is Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. Yep. Um, John Collins, Derek Jones Jr., and I forgot the other guy. Yeah. Honestly, if I had to make my pick right now, it's probably going to be Dennis Smith Jr. Nope, I'm rolling with Derek Jones, Miami Heat. Really? Oh, I'd something. go Dennis Smith. He's so I, I, I'd go Dennis Smith. I'd go Seth Curry from Portland in the three-point shootout, and then Luka Doncic in the skills challenge. Seth Actually, Curry. hold on. No, no, sorry. Sorry. Not Seth Curry in the three-point shootout. I forget who I was saying. But let's try to uh, look up to see who's competing in each. Because um, right now I can't find anything. Kyle, Kyle Russo, can you find anything? I'm looking right now. I know those are a definite three for the uh, dunk contest. I, the other names have slipped my mind. Yeah. But Well, we know Seth Curry will participate. Um, Dirk Nowitzki was invited to participate in the three-point contest. A little fun fact. Um, Dirk is probably just going to let it go to somebody else, though. He's just that type of guy. Yeah. I'm surprised they picked Seth Curry. I mean, yeah, yeah he's shooting, like, what, 46 48% from three? Yeah. Um, well, because they need about eight. I think it's eight players in the three-point competition. Yeah, and then they pick the top two or three to advance. I think it's two now. Um, yeah, I, I can't find anything here on any uh, – I, I know it's been named. I, I just can't find the names, which is kind of annoying me a little bit here on the show. But It uh, may not be released yet. Yeah, it's not, it's not released – I don't think it is because it would be accessible to us right now. But yeah. we know Luka Doncic will be participating in the skills challenge along with the Aaron Fox. Those two guys are going to be great. Um, but, guys, any with one minute left, any final thoughts here before we log off for tonight? The 
congratulations on when you're hosting the show. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yes. It's been a great, congratulations. It's been a great year, guys. Um, Facebook watchers, thank you very much. Everyone listening on MyWCWP, we wish you a good evening. Also, the host for next week's show will be announced on our social media page on Instagram. Um, make sure um, you find out. It's either going to be me or Kyle. Uh, James will post it on social media. Uh, and, yeah, it's been a great show. On behalf of Chris Klimazuski, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, I'm Tom Scavetta, wishing you all a good evening and a happy, happy pre-Super Bowl weekend. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Good night, everyone.